We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome into the SoRare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire and sponsored by SoRare. I am Andrew Laird from SoRare Data. You can find me on SoRare as Lairdino. Joined as always by Andy Black, who you can find as Black on SoRare. And we have a nice guest today. We've got Dylan Burian, who we have known for a little bit thanks to SoRare. And Andy was like, I have the perfect guy that we should have on the podcast today to talk about how whether so rare should be easy. And I was like, oh, who you got? And he said it was Dylan. And I thought it was perfect because we wanted to talk about the whether so rare should be easy. And Dylan has a have, has had a very different path that Andy and I have. And Andy was like, I don't know if anybody wants to hear two people who joined in 2020 how easy so rare is. So we have Dylan, on Dylan, thank you for joining us. And as everyone has to do when they're on their first so rare uh, podcast, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. I'm not sure how long this podcast is going to be talking to a person with 25 playable cards. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just um, got into got into so rare because I was uh, originally, you know, listening to you, Laird, uh, when you're doing your road wire podcasts. And uh, kicking myself every single day for not joining when you would throw those ads out in, in December of 2020 or whatever mm-hmm. it was. But eventually got on board pretty much right in the middle of the boom. And uh, yeah, just got started. Started buying people I've never heard of before. <laughs> was there something that happened during the boom that you were like, now I need to get in? Or did the itch just finally get... Yeah. 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 And then, you know, based on the people you follow on Twitter, I mean, that's pretty much all your, all your uh, feed is filled with now, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I originally started looking at MLS cards because for some reason that was all the rage. And I immediately, I bought like three people, um, immediately sold out of that. I was like, this is, this is too, the, the prices didn't make sense. And there was so much variance for the league. I thought, so I, I decided to get into Liga MX, and I targeted that because lower scoring, you know? So I was like, okay, let me get some of these defenders. And it just seemed like the prices hadn't caught up to MLS. I think uh, Liga MX is kind of having their moment in the sun right now, um, since it's going to be the only game in town. But, yeah, that's kind of how I got started. Bought a few Liga MX guys. Do you a- remember the first three MLS players you bought? Yeah. Uh <laughs> And I would have done actually well if I held. Uh, first one was Christian Ramirez. Okay. Uh, so he would have done fine now being in Scotland or wherever mm-hmm. he is. Um, Christian Caceres, who kind of saved me, I actually got a good deal on him, sold him yeah. for a good amount. And then uh, Goatmunder, Thoroninson. I have one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Wish I didn't, but I have one. <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, that, that first goal of his uh, when they started back up from COVID, I still, I still remember it. An archer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, free kick. Uh, when I saw that goal, and I'm like, "This guy's going to win me so much." Yeah. And uh, nope, no, no, he did not. But MLS Cup champ. Hey, all right. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he did pretty well too. Yeah, yeah. So you started in with the League MX cards. 
Yeah. Were you a Liga MX follower? No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I just thought it was something that I could uh, watch on TV. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I, I, I like watching the players. I don't. I, I get on so rare data and I, I look up, you know, kind of as a spot check. But I like watching my players. So I was like, it's something I can watch on television pretty easily and not have to illegally stream everything. You know, <laughs> none, of us, none of us do that, right? But uh, I was or watch it in some language that you don't know. Yeah, I think we've talked about these before. I was like, I can't understand the Spanish, so I just put on like Spotify or yeah. watching the oh, game. So you haven't learned Spanish because of watching the game, Max? Huh? No, I wish I should. Hmm. Yeah. So did um, so you're wearing a Feyenoord jersey? Yeah. We were talking about this just before we came on. Yeah. So why are you wearing a Feyenoord jersey? Well, so my. My original strategy was buy teams to because I, I think that was kind of the strategy that was kind of a laid out hit the threshold right. So what I what I kind of did, you know, I, I started with a set amount of fiat that I wanted to kind of eventually get into the game, um, and that can be pretty much directly correlated with all those stimulus checks we got here in the U.S. You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I sent I sent the uh, Biden bucks and the Donnie dollars straight to Paris. But um, <laughs> very nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can kind of tell how much I'm in fiat by just adding up those three numbers. Sure. Um. So I, I bought my league league MX guys, especially the for defenders, because I thought there wasn't a whole lot of goals in MX. Um. I bought my defensive mids because I'm a I'm a sucker for. 50 point guys. And then I bought my first big boy purchase. I wanted some variants and I bought Louis Sinistera like mid boom. So what was that? Probably 0.24 at the time. And I bought him with my credit card. So directly from the uh, secondary market, I was kind of kicking myself when I got that extra 10% on my car. But uh, yeah, got Louis Sinistera for all the wrong reasons. Probably he was uh, he was assisting uh, Steve Steve Berg, Burgess, okay, who's, yeah. who's at uh, Ajax now, Ajax. Um, so when he left, I was like, oh dang, Sinistera, no good. But held held on to him, and uh, well, we, it kind of worked out. So um, got really attached to the player. I said the very first um, player who scores a hundred for me. I'm buying their jersey. I don't care who it is. Thankfully, it was Luis Sinistera this earlier this season. So bought the jersey. And um, then his price got up to like one ETH, and I made a big trade and sold him. And then just kind of expanded the team. So I, I kind of uh, just backing up. I Once Liga MX ended, so I grinded ETH for that whole last, last tournament. Um Bought Vargas and Andrada uh, for Monterey. So I was like, okay, I'm set for global. I'm set for America. Where did he, where did he play at before Monterey? Boca. Ah, yep. okay. Rossi, Rossi took his job. Gotcha. I was going to say, I, I don't know how he has a card. No, only 19 of them. Gotcha. I don't think anybody knows. So. <laughs> In, in theory, he should be like probably the best keeper in MX, but it hasn't so, worked out that way. So what was the time frame between when you joined and when you got your first goalies, like rare goalies? Yeah, so so I, I, I churned out the, the threshold for, like I said, uh, I think I got in when Liga MX was like four weeks into their first, their earlier tournament. Um, then it got to be about June. Then I was like, okay, I like the platform. I like the game. I'm going to deposit some more of those stimulus dollars. Um, then I bought Vargas. I probably had for six months. He's only been usable for four months with this mm-hmm. past tournament. Um, so, yeah, just kind of was like, okay, I'm, I know I'm going to want to do more. I'm going to buy in the summer. I think I bought him June or July something like that. And then I saw Andrada move. I was like, okay, point, point 0.3 for Andrada. And there's like, nobody's going to have his card. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll pick him up when he moves. And then, um, so he was kind of like my global guy. Cause I couldn't stack him with anybody still mm-hmm. came I'm waiting for somebody to move to Monterey that has a card. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Then Luis Sinistera boomed. 
Uh, I talked to Black about the the trade offer I got and finally pulled the trigger. You get so attached to these guys. It's so weird. It's crazy. You know, as I have. As I say, you have the shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You get so attached to these guys. So then I kind of, uh, I bought the a challenger goalie there. Um, and then I had, uh, I've got my Vitasi guys going. They're going to be kicking off here in about like a half hour. So I got Openda. Did they ever, did also, they ever, have they announced lineups yet for that game? Yep, yep. I, I was watching it. I got in there and so Rasmussen and Openda, which I'm probably going to have to do a another sinisteric thing for Openda. He's going nuts. So. I bought a I bought a limited to uh, play in the weekly, and he didn't play last week, but he is playing this week. It's Eli Dasa. Oh yeah, yeah. But I I read some weird thing that he didn't want to play on turf last week, and that's why. Oh. And he had like a, a minor injury, and he didn't want to play on turf. So the like the the chances of him playing this week were pretty good, but I I really I don't know that team or that lineup at all. So it was kind of a kind of a gamble there for the weekly. They got their A squad going, and uh, I think they're playing the worst team in the league. So are they? PEC Zool or fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. You're, you and, want uh, Openda with a brace? I don't use that of that Dasa guy. I think he plays for Israel or something. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Nice. The more you know. Yeah, nothing better than falling into extra utility. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the random knowledge you pick up uh, playing this game. Totally. You know, I've I've kind of focused on teams, right? Like Atlas are my guys. Uh, I I pay attention to Santos. I I now pay attention to Vitsi. It's like you you kind of just start to like know all these guys, even though you don't have some of their cards. Like I don't have a DASA card, but, you know. Right. They're doing on Twitter. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is the best part of it. It's like, oh, I know that guy. Why do you know him? Please don't ask me why I know no. this. No. Real quick, Andrew, um, I've got some news out of Portland. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Steve Clark just wished his goodbyes to the city. So it could be Al Jazz season. Evichich season. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let me cancel all my vids for these extra goalies I'm trying to pick. Right. Wow. That is I don't know if that actually means Ivicic is the guy, but uh, it's probably probably not. They're gonna they're gonna buy <laughs> some. By two weeks ago, and I didn't notice. <laughs> right. Wow. Okay. Somebody was asking. Weren't uh, somebody was asking us about Steve Clark like this morning, wasn't it? Yeah, and they did not buy them. Thank goodness. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's my my advice now. Don't buy it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> do not. <laughs> um. So, Dylan, when you when you started or when you sold Sinistera, did you have like a plan of what you wanted to do or did like an offer come to you and you were like, Oh, maybe I should sell this guy. So at, at that point, Sinistera was, I think 60% of my roster value. So I was like, okay, I need to diversify. And I, I, I saw he broke an ETH. So I, I put him out there and I got an offer for like Rasmussen and like half an ETH and uh, another couple guys, I think. So uh, just went ahead and bit the bullet, and then I, I knew I wanted to get to Challenger next. I was pretty set in America, and I could I could make a global team. And so what I what I wanted to accomplish with with that sale is get a get a goalie, two defenders, two midfielders, and two forwards. I feel like that's always pretty solid strategy. Uh, at least having two for every rare division that you want. Right. Um, and then kind of what I've been so I've, I've been competitive-ish, I, I still say that, uh, for cards for maybe the last four months whenever I bought Vargas um, and Andrada. Haven't had the most luck. I think I'm looking at SD right now. I've got I've won eight rewards in the last... I saw your first one, and it was just absolutely brutal. <laughs> yeah, who, who's that? Ke- Kevin Molino. Oh, oh, yeah, that was a tier two as well. That, yeah. that hurt. That hurt. It was like, I think it was, was it like the week that he, yeah. he blew out the ACL? Yeah. Yeah, or or he missed the game and they announced his ACL tear three days after I won yeah. as a tier two. So that sucks. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. He'll come back next year stronger than ever. In the uh, general chat, <laughs> uh, talking about Kevin Molino, I'm just going to internalize all that. <laughs> um. So you, I mean, it feels like that that path is something that a lot of people could is, are trying to do. Like, it's not necessarily the, let me go buy everything, but the budget grinding, like you, like Sinistera was like a huge move. Like 
yeah keeping that there's every reason to keep that jersey because like that's that was yeah. like a uh you know foundationally changed everything for you um i remember i was gonna buy him in may uh for 0.125 and i was like it's that's a lot of that's too much for a guy that like doesn't do a whole lot and Bergheis is gone and that's a bit of a oops here but did you so like how did you land up on land on him initially like you said like you wanted to take the plunge on him like what made you even go to Sinistera Bert Birch House uh, and that you know I can't afford the Ajax guys so naturally the next the next teams are PSV and Feyenoord over mm-hmm. in the Netherlands so I was like, okay, he's young. He's got two more years of U23, so I know his price isn't going to dip when that June wears out. So I was like, okay, makes sense. He, he's surrounded by – I think we've talked about this uh, before. It's like by guys who are surrounded by talented players. you know. So he was around Steve Berghaus and getting getting plenty of assists to him. So I was like, okay, Sinister makes sense. You know, got wildly lucky. So I think you're uh, wildly sharp, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, and so that, that's kind of what I've, what I've been doing is using these ETHs thresholds, saving up. It's like the first challenger goalkeeper I bought was Daniel Schmidt for STVB. Well, they'll probably get relegated. They're doing so bad. But I sold him and saved, I saved up a bunch of thresholds, um, sold him and Dimitri Lavale and upgraded to uh, Lars Unterstall and Robin Proper. I was like, sure. okay. Good stack. Yeah, yeah. It's like that that might have some good good variance and you know, whenever the whenever only, Ajax has the only thing I know about Lars is he scored a one hundred like yeah. a month ago <laughs> or so. I probably I, I feel like point five was overpaying for him, but I mean he's still higher than that, so we'll see. Hmm. They were one of my first limited stacks that I bought. Oh nice. Interstall and proper, yeah. Yeah. I've since sold both though. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So did Everything that you do has everything that you've done to this point been easy. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. The game, the game's not easy. You know, it's unless you have the the bankroll or you know you were ultra early. Of course, it's not easy. But it's also like fantasy. I wasn't winning anything on DraftKings either when I was playing DraftKings. <laughs> so it's it's like okay, well at least I'm kind of more invested in these guys and I actually enjoy the game. It's it's a game to me. It's it's not. Sure. Yeah, so. yeah. But no, no, it hasn't been easy. I, I'm not sure it should be easy. I, we'll see whatever they do with this uh, this progression bar. I haven't. I have no idea. Or know. whether it's even a progression bar. Yeah, yeah. Pro, what does it stand for? Professional <laughs> or progression? Yeah. I- I, the the reason why Andy and I wanted to talk about this is there basically were some tweets out there about how difficult so rare is becoming, specifically to win cards. And I think that there's some truth in that. Like scores are going up. Like if there are more people playing, then it's going to be harder to win. And fundamentally, like I don't think there was ever an expectation that as more users came in, like there was a direct increase in rewards so that like we all just kept winning the same amount and i think a lot of people over people who don't play just for the uh threshold overlook the value of the threshold and that like that's a good reward and like i don't want to say grinding eth is easy but it's certainly easier than winning on DraftKings. like i'll put it that way like it's not easy to win in dfs 100%. often like there are some particularly in soccer but like there are some people who can make a lot of money and the way that every DFS thing works, like most people do not win. And so the number of people who win like a decent ROI on so rare is much higher than it is on in DFS sites. And yet I still feel like we're getting to a point where people are like, this is becoming too hard. And so new people aren't going to join, but new people start playing DFS and lose all, all the time. And so I'm not, I just, I don't know. I'm struggling to see the the problem with so rare getting harder. Um, yeah. Other, other than maybe new people don't want to play, but I, we're just not seeing that yet. And you know, it, it's tough. I mean, if you got like less than a point five bankroll, like I get it. It's 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 a grind, and 
hitting hitting threshold is much harder with a with a common goalie. I'm I'm not doing that. Anymore. It's like I I value the threshold so much that I'm always using a, a rare keeper in global unless Black tells me to do otherwise. It worked out that it worked out that couple midweeks ago when Atlas was in the championship or whatever. But um, I'm so I'm always making sure I hit that because my my strategy right now is just keep upgrading through the threshold. Like like I kind of said, I had STVV goalkeeper defense. Now I have FC twenty goalkeeper and defense. Yep. So I always value that. I'm hoping to be more competitive when Liga MX starts up again in January. So I'm hoping the rewards start flowing in. But it hasn't been easy because it's, you know, I think my bankroll has been a little bit big. Like I said, you can kind of add up the the stimuluses. Um, it's like it's probably a little bit bigger than what most people start with. So I've, I've had a little bit of leeway to make a couple errors. But now it hasn't been easy. And now I'm just uh, kind of trying to upgrade the, the team through the threshold, saving at least a point one before I do anything. A lot of pain. I know Andrew wanted to ask this question, but I'm going to steal it from him. Uh, how long were you buying cards without submitting lineups? Uh, submitting lineups in with a common or, or with a rare? Well, both. So were you were you starting to buy players and then not submitting lineups like accruing players over time? Or did you I, come right in and buy four cards and run them with a common goalie? No, it probably, it probably took me uh, – two or three weeks to I think submit my first uh, lineup with a common keeper. Um, and then I was just playing global. I, I hadn't started playing more than one lineup outside of global four uh, until Lee MX started up in August. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, so yeah, yeah. A, f- a few weeks to buy the four guys that I, that I kind of wanted. And I didn't always start with Louis Sinister. So I was missing, I was missing thresholds quite a bit until I actually uh, got him, and then he kind of started churning the ETH a little bit for me. But, yeah. You know. The threshold magnet, that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, man, I need an, I need an 89 to, to get .02. It's like a bummer. And then I checked the box score. It's like, oh, all right. Cool. 94. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. Uh, my... My initial reactions with all the like the so rare is getting too hard is just like I think maybe it's been too easy. It's definitely been too easy. Like if if you were playing back when I first started, not well, saying you, that it was course, like yeah. yeah, not like saying that it was like submit a lineup and win, but it was I mean, so much significantly more easy than it is now. And that's why I felt it was really important that we had a guest for this because it it, it me me telling people that it uh uh the game is supposed to be hard is probably not a uh you know I, I think that people will see, will see that coming from me and be like oh well of course you think that you've been around forever and the game used to be so easy and uh you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i just feel like it's it's good that we had Dylan here <laughs> yeah no i completely agree um um i do i do think that like an important expectation or uh, question to to answer though is like what is an acceptable time frame for ROI on a lineup? Like I buy my my lineup with a rare goalkeeper. What is an acceptable time frame to to get my money back on that lineup? A year. Two I'm not years? close. I'm not close Never? to mine, so I hope it's longer than a year. <laughs> yeah. You said you're not close? I, I don't think so. Var, Vargas, I'm probably getting close. Vargas has been Atlas just keeps clean sheets. They yeah. hate they hate offense both ways. They don't like to score and they <laughs> let other people score. That um, actually reminds me on something I wanted to touch on. But like if you sold your gallery today, are you up? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Really. Well, so I think that's another thing is that everyone kind of ignores that. You're like, no, I, I do not ignore I don't, that's, that's I don't think that's the question, though, because I, I think like I think the answer to that for most people, unless you're doing something like really wrong, is is going to be yes. But but I think that more importantly, like if you were not somebody that is not going to continuously reinvest into the game and you want to take out your quote unquote initial investment, mm-hmm. um, what is an acceptable time frame for doing that? Like like what 
what should be the the time frame that people are like, this is okay. I, I think you also have to remember that once you do that, like it's all up. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't lose at that point. Yeah. Like you literally cannot. You could just break even, I guess, if you just take out what you put in, but like you, you can't lose. Yeah. Someone in chat saying a year, which to be honest in so rare time feels like a century. But like I've been basically, I don't know, remember when I submitted my first lineups. It certainly wasn't last December. But yeah, I think a year sound, seems like reasonable, doesn't it? I think it really depends too. Like if I'm out here buying Mbappe, um, sure, a year a year might be uh, really aggressive. Like it might take a lot longer to to recoup that. Although that's an elite card that I'm playing in possibly winning elite cards with. So it's so difficult to answer. Yeah. I, f I feel like if you're buying Mbappe, you're probably not like the value of Mbappe for a lot of people would literally be like 90% of their gallery. And right. I, that was interesting. What you said earlier, Dylan, that you were like concerned that Sinistera was like too much mm -hmm. of your gallery. Yeah, And I'll be honest. I, I don't think about that my, like myself. I should have, it, when you joined, when I should have sold Davies and Jao Felix and diversified there because they were like by far the most valuable cards that I had. Uh, but yeah, I wonder how many people do that. Like you were saying, like he was helping you win. So like selling it is like not only you're like, oh, I have this ETH, but like now I don't have somebody who's helping me continue to win. Were you running him in global? Yeah, and I was running him with Atlas. So, so you were just captaining him and and yeah. guaranteed threshold every week. Yeah, yeah, and then you know once I once I did sell him, you know, you kind of always, I obviously still love the guy. So I check the I check when he scores. I'm like, oh man, I would have had him paired up with Atlas. And you're always playing the if game, but you know yeah. I've kind of gotten away from that. Back to back to that kind of thing. So if I if I would have taken out every point oh two, I wouldn't have the gallery I have, but hypothetically if i took out every point out to threshold and and sold every reward i i got which i pretty much have um i would if eth is if eth is 4k i'm i'm probably close to even so i guess a year is probably a good time frame if you're taking everything out but it's, i mean it's been like nine months right like not even yeah yeah nine-ish months four so is months that easy being competitive that seems is, easy. Is, is that easy? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I mean, I'm I am someone who pays attention to my roster value, so it's like, okay, well, I know if I wouldn't lose right now, mm -hmm. also not taking anything out. I think we're all still early. I'm I, I say I say that's a lot of blue in the face. We're all early until they sign EPL. Then you're not early anymore. Yeah, that's my opinion. So one thing I wanted to ask you, or I did ask you yesterday, and you're like, I'll save it for the podcast. Where are all your limited cards? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so three of them. Two. Well, two. Well, yeah. And then uh, one, <laughs> one of them is some random turkey kid who has my name and the city I'm from in it. So, <laughs> I was going to ask you who your favorite card in your gallery was, and I was hoping it'd be that card. Oh man! The only one in the Hall of it's Fame. Not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta let people know who I am. Um, no favorite card is definitely Lois Appenda. That guy's that guy's fun. Um, no, so no limited is because I guess one I was really surprised at how quick they got it out. You know, so rare kind of has the tendency to kick the can down the road for for a bit. You know, so I was actually surprised at how quickly they got limiteds out, and it just didn't fit my strategy yet. Like I've kind of already went over my strategy. Save, I've got all the fiat that I want to put into the gap into the platform, in. So I'm I'm good for a while. Um, so I'm building through the threshold, and it's like okay. When they launched limited, I was like okay, I have I don't know, point one two, point one four something like that in my wallet. It's like I can buy a limited team or two, or I can just keep upgrading my my rare gallery, and that's kind of like my original focus was you know compete in the rare division so i didn't let the launch of limiteds distract me from that initial goal mm -hmm. and I, I think that's kind of what's what's helped i didn't 
I didn't get spread out too far over limiteds. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you think if you joined today, you would buy limiteds? Depending on my initial investment, yeah, probably. Yeah, more lineups is more fun, right? I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, but I'm pretty content with rolling out my three lineups when all the leagues are in action. Yeah, I think that you made a really good point there. Like that would have been such—I don't want to say a disaster, but like if you would have bought limiteds right off the bat, the we've seen the price graph on those things fly up and down and up and down. They're just very. Um, uh, hard to like i don't know pin on what the value of like one of those things should be so when you have like a real specific strategy and you have like a market with like the the rare cards that are like pretty well known and like i think that they're pretty predictable i mean like obviously i was wrong about the mls dip but uh uh i would say that they're pretty predictable as far as like pricing goes with them uh i think that you know when you're formulating a strategy it's a lot easier to create a strategy around something that's predictable than unpredictable. Yeah. And, and I mean, I wasn't, and I still didn't have the money to buy the the big guys, you know, I didn't have the bankroll to, I, I'd still be buying the same kind of ETH churning players yeah. <laughs> that I couldn't churn ETH with. So it was like, <laughs> uh, no, it's like, so I'm, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so I, so just, look, I didn't let it distract me from the initial goal plan. Yeah. That seems pretty smart. I wish I, had, <laughs> wish I had done that a little bit. So you are, you mentioned it a few times, but you're obviously a uh, member of Team Stack with your Atlas uh, defenders. Yeah, is that like a conscious decision of pairing a goalkeeper and defender is always good, or like what was the what was the, the like underlying reason why you wanted to stack and. So oh, I knew I knew I wanted to compete in America because generally I, I feel like that's cheaper. I, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, I feel like it is. I got no data to back that up. Um, I I had my defenders and I knew they kept clean sheets. So I was like, okay, double defender Atlas stack. And then I was like, okay, well, what else do I need to happen to start getting some rewards? And I was like, okay, well, let me just buy a 50 point, uh, midfielder, you know, I got, so I got Jeremy Marquez and then, um, then I bought Gyro Torres right after I got Vargas and I was like, okay, Gyro just gets a DA. I get a clean sheet. I only need two things to happen and I'm likely getting a card mm-hmm. and it's a lot easier to have two things happen than a two leg parlay is easier than a five leg parlay. Yeah. Right. So that was kind of the thought process. I'm just uh, so I, I, I kind of took that strategy from you, Laird, when you were doing it with your river. I'm just waiting for Gyro Torres to turn into Julian Alvarez. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm really waiting. That's on. all we need. Yeah, <laughs> just one it's, thing. It's as simple as that. We only yeah. need one thing to happen. Right. That's right. only one thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Straight bet. Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, team stack. Just you need less things to happen, and you don't need to be optimal. I don't think we're to the point of needing to be optimal yet. The field's getting sharp, obviously, and there's a lot of money coming into the platform, but you don't need to be optimal, in my opinion. Yeah, I think basically what your strategy accomplished was what we kind of initially talked about 
when we started talking about stacks, like when Sean Newsham was on months ago, the first time when he was talking about his disgusting Chicago fire stack is <laughs> it was not the, let me just stack five guys from the best team and win everything, which is kind of what it has turned into now with everybody buying Bayern and Ajax stacks. But this, you know, being able to have five guys from the same team means, you know, they're always going to, you know, they play the same time. So like, it's not like you're going into a game week and you're like, oh, I only have four players from this game or from this game week. Like you have five, you know, granted they're all not hurt or whatever. Well, it also helps that River literally never rotates. I, I mean, very rarely rotates. River or Atlas? Uh, Atlas, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, but but like that's exactly what people should be doing if they're looking to find like basically a budget stack of like yeah. which teams play these 11 guys all the time. Let me get five of them. And I think, yeah, it's a perfect, like, that's exactly what, like the stacking strategy, one side of the stacking strategy fundamentally is. And I think everybody is now focusing way too much on the other side of like, let me get the five Real Madrid guys and I'll just dominate midweeks, stuff like that. And, and find, find the team that's thin. Atlas is thin. Like when we were watching the, uh, when we were kind of chatting about the uh, legal league MX final, it was, I think the entire overtime was 10 v 11 for in Atlas's favor. Mm-hmm. And they had to make three substitutions on the back line. I was like, no, just don't press, get to penalties. You do not want these guys on the field. This is not in their favor, even though they're up a man. It's like just yeah. the penalties. It's like, yeah, find those find those thin teams. You know, Bitsy doesn't rotate a lot. Definitely not on the back line. And I, I always like to buy the center backs instead. I there's too much risk with the fullbacks and the it just seems like they get rotated more often. And you just need like elite, elite, elite uh, fullbacks really to like yeah. work work in the scoring matrix. Yep. Yeah. So, Andy, do you think Sora is still too easy? Uh, whew, uh, I'm I'm not going to answer that. I I, I don't know. It's not easy. It's not answer. easy for me. I mean, like look at look at my lineups. Uh, it's it it's I think it's hard, but I I don't I don't think it's. I think that that's, I think it's supposed to be hard. <laughs> I think you can still build it. Yeah. You shouldn't, I don't, I don't expect to win three, three cards every week. I, I was talking to another, another guy and I was like, man, if I win one card, like a month, maybe two, I'm, I'm pretty happy, you know? And when I get that guy, when I get that T3, that's uh worth 0.2, I'm like, Oh sweet. Double threshold this week. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm just having fun. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. Here's how I know that it's it's only going to get – obviously, it's only going to get harder. But um, here's how I know that it still maybe is a little bit too easy. I had a lineup this week that had a DNP in it, and I won a card. Limited or rare? Rare. Wow. And challenger as well. Wow. Wow. I mean, it was a really good lineup. And it was – the worst part was, like, somebody DM'd me on Twitter. I think it was uh, Josh Forth or somebody DM'd me because it was a card that, like, I had talked about winning. It was that Freddy guy. And he was suspended. But I think he's over in Europe, and he messaged me at, like, 1 a.m. or something. I was sleeping. I wasn't waking up for the deadline. So, uh, yeah, I, I missed an obvious DNP there. But it was – had I had a, another player in there, I was looking at maybe a t- Tier 1 or Tier 2. Still, I shouldn't win a card with a DNP. That's fair, I think. Hmm. I mean, you get you get you get three hundreds in a in a clean sheet. I mean, you're probably still. I didn't even have that. I had like like three guys on eighty or something. But like, how often in DFS do you win something when you have a guy with like a zero or something? You're you're not winning shit. Yeah, yeah. literally never. Hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I... I think just the negative backlash of like increased scores to win cards comes more from people who have been playing like somebody like me should be complaining about that, that like, Oh, it used to be much easier to win cards. And so maybe they should give away more so I can keep winning those. I would like that. But like, ultimately there can't be an expectation that if the site grows and we get more users, that it be, that the, the amount of points or ETH to build teams to get those points like would remain the same. Like we obviously are going to get more competitive. And I think there was some argument that there people were going to not join, like people won't join so rare because it's like so hard to win. And it's like, I'm not sure people like, I don't think people don't join for that. I think they join 
then realize it and then leave, which like happens in any game. But I don't know. It just seems like there's this dual argument of like, it's too hard to win. So nobody's going to play, but what, what do we expect? I, I like, I don't know what the, what the thought process is of like, it's going to be harder to win because there are more people and like what the salute, like, what is there a solution? Like, do we need a solution? Ex they have, they do have to expand the rewards out to like those DNP cards, at least to start. Like they have a, a, a big supply of cards that they're not able to get into the reward pool for various reasons. And I think that, you know, like that's some low hanging fruit, like, and granted, we're still talking about like winning a guy that a DNP card that, might be worth like 0. 0.0001 or something, but um, I guess there are some decent cards, young players, whatever, that, that will get thrown into that pool of, of players. And people do like to just win something, you know? So just more tier four and five cards is what... Yeah. That's a I, mean, I, I mean, I don't know that I want that, but I think that like that will help the perception of like, I didn't win anything this week. Well, at least you won something. Yeah, keeping, keeping people interested through the reward, I is obviously important but then i mean how many times we see people complain about that dnp guy they want i mean you won't see me i'll sell him for 0.01 and you know upgrade somebody eventually you didn't so. sell kevin molino well i'm, I'm hoping may <laughs> i'm yeah. hoping may that he gets back up there and then same, same thing with that goofy goalkeeper that i won um he starts for bolivia so I'm yeah gonna... that's such a weird card he yeah. doesn't start for his club team, but he starts for the national team. Yeah, so I'm going to sell them. And they have a triple competition coming up. I have no idea which one's an Argentina or scored, but Twitter says that he's going to get some playing time in one of those competitions. It'll probably be the one that's not covered by so rare. Right. But, uh, <laughs> so I was like, I'll sell him when his utility goes up, or at least he'll, I think they have three or four more um, qualifiers coming up. So, Did you see that he started last weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a... In a club game? Yeah. It. Yeah, it was, his, it was his debut. He committed a penalty, and then he saved that penalty. Oh, nice. <laughs> I think so, he got three goals, though. So is, he three. <laughs> is he maybe getting a job, or is it just like a spot start? Twitter tw On Twitter, when you search his name, it says that they promised him more playing time because they have a triple competition coming up. I have no idea which competitions are covered in Argentina. Oh. Didn't buy a lot of Argentina players. But if they're all covered, apparently he's going to get some of those games. Well, I'm trying to think of what other... You say triple competition. Like, Is that like club stuff or, or the, uh, the league, country stuff? The league? No, not country stuff. So the main league, then Copa and Suda America. And then are they in uh, Libertadores or whatever? That, that one, not Copa. So, yeah. yeah. Doors. Yeah, same thing. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what all that means, but <laughs> I'll research it when they when they get closer to starting again. Hmm. All right. So Sam brings up the point that basically we're at a point where tier two and tier three cards like have some value. I guess we're factoring in right now the growth of the game is still giving value to tier two and tier three cards. What about when those are essentially worthless? I think we'll get a new game mode at some point. I mean, to address that. I hope so. I mean, they, the the game collapses if tier two and tier three cards are worthless, are literally worthless. Yeah, I think we'll see a game mode that's like tier two, tier two and below, tier two, tier three, tier four type of game mode, or it'll be based off of L15, L5, L40 something. And uh, yeah. L2 but through six, L2 through We can all, we can... We can speculate all we want on what mm -hmm. future game modes are going to look like. Well, and I, I think uh, like America, there's a lot of variants, right? I mean, who are the tier the tier zero? Like you got Charles Gill, who's putting up hundreds every every week, right? But like, who else is doing that? You know, like that. I, I think the tier twos in in America and the tier threes in America, like there's enough variants there to you know. You can you can win with those guys. I'm not sure that it changes for America. You know, I think global will get more sharp because I still think we see a ton of commons in the in global, and that's why I like playing the rare keeper there. Gives that that automatically gives you a better shot, even if you're running tier threes and twos out there. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they go to zero kind of thing. Because how many? Yeah. Also, how many America is weird. Those guys. 
Like how many tier zero players are in like MLS? Right. Um, a lot of goalkeepers, I feel like, <laughs> which is funny because like goalkeepers in the MLS tend to concede a lot of goals and are not really elite. Well, right. Like David Ochoa is a tier zero because he's 20. Like yeah. not, not, there's literally no other reason he's 20 right. and I guess he starts. So that's, yeah. yeah, I think it's Gil and Johnny Russell. And then I, I think he's still, I mean, but even, even with a challenger, I mean, Ajax is tough, you know, but I mean, they even got shut down by fine word this weekend and their classic. Uh, there weren't these gigantic scores. Um, but I mean, how much have we seen club Bruges fall off this? Uh, I mean, they were the cheat code last season and yeah. they've kind of fallen off, you know? Right. So, I mean, there's, I still, I still feel like there's enough variance out there. Aid uh, has a question about a game mode for tier twos and th- tier threes. What if the reward for the top of that was tier ones or stars, possibly? I mean, again, we can speculate on what game modes they're going to do forever, but I don't think that like the the top of that would be like another tier three card. I always thought that was kind of their idea with progression. What they were moving to is like, okay, you win, you, you take a podium or a top five in, in the rare division and you win a tier two super rare or something like yeah. that. That gets you into it. That's clearly not what's going on. But Yeah, and I don't I don't know that we'll ever see happens. like Yeah, I don't know that we'll ever see a progression mechanism like that where like I agree. I, I kinda wish they would, but I just I'm not seeing it. Isn't that what the weekly's for? Right. Yeah. Use limiteds to win super rares? That's what I'm trying this week. Well, whenever whenever they come out with a weekly that has Mexican international in, in nationality only, I'll be able to enter. There you go. <laughs> would you? I, you know. Go ahead. Like, would you enter that? Because then you're obviously not entering them elsewhere. I ha- I guess I would have to look at the prizes. Like that's my biggest problem with the weekly is that like I don't have endless cards, so it's like oh if I prioritize the weekly then I'm like taking cards away from and usually the puzzle pieces are so random that i'm like oh i can make a weekly lineup that kills three others or you know it's not like i'm just taking my america lineup and putting it somewhere else but i think i would now that i think about though because we own the cards right how often does this week kind of come up how often do i get a chance to win a a super rare Mm -hmm. never so yeah i I think i would actually that's a good point yeah Yeah, it's like i mean i own the cards there's always next week there's always that midweek that I can't play, but I, I do feel like they need to do more of what they're doing. Like I know that it's Christmas time and they're trying to give away extra cards or whatever, but like the, the, the prizes for this weekly is what it, it basically there's a threshold for tier two and tier three limited guards. Yeah. Like it's like prize uh, presence for everyone. Like I feel like they should do that a little more, more often that sort of idea. I don't know. I'm giving away merch too. I didn't. I didn't enter it. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, are something. top hundred, top hundred places or something. Get a T-shirt, maybe. I don't know. Don't Ooh. hold me to that. Over, over, under six months to get that T-shirt. Yeah, sounds like about six months is pretty good. Pretty good guesstimate. Oh, they have the New York office now. I'm sure there are just boxes of merch there for us, <laughs> for us Americans here. Yeah, I like. I what I did uh, think is weird is. And Jimmer mentioned this yesterday on his stream that like if you went to the prize pool page for the weekly, there's like no reference to this extra giveaway. And so you go and you're like, oh, the special weekly, eight prizes. You're like, oh, why, why would I enter that? Maybe they should do a better job on that one. That last time for they sure. did that with the limiteds, it kind of took a took a while for people to get those those limiteds with the uh, the Spain ticket giveaway. Spanish ticket giveaway. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we, I think the cards only took a couple days, but I think to actually get the tickets, it it took a long time. Did that it's actually happen? It, 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 I the think so. Awesome. Yeah. It's all new. Yeah. Um. So, what was I just about to say? It was something about the limited, and now it's lost on me. Uh. So, I obviously winning cards is getting harder do you guys find yourself like 
drastically changing strategies because of that? Like Andy, you talked about like redoing your challenger team last week. Like Dylan, do you look at, do you look at like how many points it takes to win stuff? And like, do you think like I have this guy and I just, he's just not going to do it anymore. I didn't think I'd ever win anything in challenger. And then I, I want a, a 0.02 beer stock guy <laughs> with what I 308 points. It was an, it was an off week for, for the, for the big teams. Um, no, I, I, I build through the uh, I build through the threshold now. So I, I I just finished up America. I sold. Uh, I'm really nervous about Santo uh, Santos um, with their young guys. So I, I sold uh, a Geary and, and upgraded with with my thresholds to uh, Julio Furch. So I'm a Julio Furch guy now. All right, and all three so, of us. Now I'll start saving up the thresholds and and upgrade uh, my challenger next. So it, I'm just, if I don't win, I don't win. And hopefully I get those points out to stack them up and upgrade somewhere else. I feel like Furch has another five years on them. I oh, mean, he's already so damn slow. It's just like, <laughs> he just, he, he, he's good at hold up play. He can take PKs yep. and he wins a lot of duels. So get the ball, you know, to his feet, play, play him into play his feet, not, not into space. Yep. Yeah. I noticed that. Your Furch is the Santos Furch. And I think, Andy, don't you have that one too? You don't have an do. Atlas one. No Atlas one for me. Yeah, I have the Santos one. I won an Atlas limited one, but I sold it. I think he, pretty sure he scored like, minute, you know, the very next game week. Yeah, cheapest but. on the market. I don't, I don't look at the, the thing. I've, I've also gotten really lucky with some, I'm not too worried about XP. Maybe I should be, but I, I've kind of lucked out with the, uh, Angelo didn't get minted this year because he was in the Olympics. Um, Andrada's got no new cards. And oh, really? What's that? I didn't realize he didn't. Uh, Angelo didn't get minted this year. Yeah, and then Florian Thaub and uh, T. Grace don't have cards. Um, yeah. And Angelo's supposed to go to T. Grace, so he's going to be a rare card. Um, those guys are all up to like plus thirteen percent for this whole tournament. And then when they finally do lose that five percent, they're going to be close to ten already. So I wasn't too concerned with the, uh, the Julio Furch plus three and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I didn't know that about Angulo that he didn't have cards. What a silly yeah. random goes to Tigres. I can't I can't see the Monterey teams coming on unless they it's, add all league MX. It's cr- it's crazy and it's it's also very poor form. I feel like from so rare that a guy that was at the Olympics and wasn't there for picture day went the entire season without getting minted just because he wasn't there for, for photo day. Mm-hmm. More popular leagues are doing like they, they did it with JPL and, and, um, and the Dutch league, but they haven't worked their way to Mexico yet. There are only mm-hmm. four teams and there are only two worth paying attention to. So. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. In my opinion. So we have a question here. If we care about our reward winning percentage on Sora data. I don't because I submit a lot of uh, goofball lineups that are just like, I think if you look at my all-star pro this week, it's like that, that lineup has no chance. And I just like, I, th- I throw a lot of like uh, hail Marys out there. Just kind of like I have, I have these cards and this guy might play. I might as well throw them in a, a lineup. Yeah. So yeah, there's just a lot of hail Marys for me. Mine's already shot with chasing <laughs> threshold for six months or whatever it was. It has no chance of ever being above 8%. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if we should include thresholds there or have a separate one. Hmm. Percentage of time you hit threshold. That'd be interesting. Or maybe some kind of other different metric. I don't know. Yeah, but no, I don't look at that. I do the same thing as Andy. I would rather just have a real lineup than a training lineup. Yeah. Like it's just more, even if I, I think I have one this week that has three or four DMPs in it. If I had like one guy who was playing, I'm like, Never know. Yeah. Maybe everything gets canceled, but that game gets played or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw people win with zeros previously. I don't think that ever happens again, but um, yeah, we see it. So it's also one less training lineup I have to worry about. Uh, Did we, I feel like there was a third question we wanted to bring up to Dylan and then we never did. Maybe it was the limited one. I already lost my notes. (laughs) 
you guys made me make, make notes for the first time ever. Yeah, we um, had to put the training wheels on for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give too much away here of uh, how hard our process is. So um, I, th I want to address this uh, comment from Mark. Hello, Mark, by the way. So to me, I think the fun in the game is the idea of taking cards and trading for new ones and moving up the ranks. I think the content around look how much I'm making is bad. Um, I don't fully disagree with, like, I don't disagree with that. Um, I think some people like that content, but it's I not agree. for me. Yeah. Some people like to see, oh, wow, look how much you can win at playing so rare. Mm -hmm. um, not for me, but I know that some people do probably like to see that. Dylan, did you consider the strategy of just like basically trading cards, like forgetting about SO5? No, it, it's a fantasy game to me first. And like, and then that, I kind of, I, I trade, I trade when I'm ready. I know that, you know, if I, if I upgrade, I want to get somebody more expensive. The gap between 0.25 players and 0.35 players is like so great. And I'm sitting on a lot of 0.25. Two, two, five, or the guys that I I'm trying to win with are are that point two five ish area, the the the, uh, the Gus Tills and the Octavios of the world. So it's like eventually I want to upgrade those guys through the threshold. So I'll, I'll trade those guys away, hopefully for a profit, and then invest the threshold into that. Is is uh, Yerim Chuck is a is a guy that you got out of the Sinistera trade, right? He's gone. Get rid of that guy. You're Aren't gonna we? get rid of him, or you already got rid of him? He's gone. He's gone. I, I was tired of uh, I was tired of Darwin Nunez uh, taking his spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely, looking back, I probably lost that Sinister trade, but I, I, I couldn't lose. You know what I mean? It, right. Point two two or whatever it was. So, as an Otavio card holder, I, I hope that you never have to get rid of him, and he just becomes a point three five card on his own. Bingo. No, he's got no. he's got that variance and he's out of form. So he, what did he drop like a ninety two this this weekend? Yeah, when I didn't I didn't captain him, so that's why he dropped that one. <laughs> Don't captain him again. Don't do that. I just never again. Yeah, it's probably oh. what I should do, <laughs> just to make sure he get, at least I get a ninety somewhere instead of the captain adjusted seventy one. Yep. On a good day. Hmm. Yeah. So do you have guys in your gallery now that you're like I'm going to sell this guy at a certain point? Like when like you have like targets of like if he gets to if i could sell it for this amount he's gone i'm, I'm hoping lois appenda is my next sinistera um i also love a vanelson I, i've had good luck with the uh u23 challenger forwards so vanelson is way better than tony martinez no matter what the debates on twitter say um he's great and then lois appenda's on a tear of a form and hoping he'll be are you looking to transition more of your gallery towards Europe or um because I know you started a lot in MX like would you would you consider more Argentina or Peru or is it just like I want to try to get to Europe? Um that'll that I guess that's a good question. Do I go do I try to attack um like will you ever attack oh, champion do Europe? To, do I try to that I guess that's a good question with with you kind of see my, my gallery. Do I attack rare pro for America? Probably not challenger, but do I attack rare pro for challenger or for America next? Or do I try to branch out into champ or Asia? And the reason I don't, I've never gotten into Asia, even though it's probably the best value, especially for global. It's just, I like to watch the games. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm watching the games first, but. There's something uh, terrible to me about like, maybe not terrible, but because it's also kind of nice too sometimes, but, and I don't, I don't know how else to explain it, but you know wake exactly up, where you're going with this. you wake up and the scores are already there. And it's like, when it's bad, you're like, ah, but when it's good, you're like, that was great. Let's do that again. I'm so But smart. when it's like you wake up and your fullback scored 16, you're like, all right, my day's ruined. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing that I have with like my Asia lineups is that I don't, I don't put the research time in to be like, is this guy going, you know, suspended? Is anybody hurt? But I know that going in. So I'm like, here are my five guys. Whatever happens, happens. And then, yeah, I wake up and like there's a DNP or a 16. And I'm like, ah, oh, these guys are terrible. Like, what, what, what's going on here? I'm like, I can't get upset at a lineup that, you know, 12 hours earlier. I was like, good luck. Maybe we'll get something. I don't know. 
Sam's bringing up percentage of winning lineups and Sam, we're going to have something not today, but about that, because the, I think what a lot of the things that people are seeing to go way back to this topic of is sort of easy that the, obviously as users grow, rewards are not growing as fast as the user base. And so the percentage of lineups that win rewards get smaller every week. And I we're we meaning sort of data are like looking into stuff of like how many lineups are actually viable every week. And like the, the very small percentages are small because there's a lot of lineups that really don't have viability to them. So we'll have something on that. That's like a little tease, I guess. Is that going to be based on, you probably don't want to tease too much, but is that going to be based on power or uh, per, the like multiplier in the lineup. There, there's a lot of ways to do it. I mean, yeah. fundamentally one is like how many lineups have five guys with games and like that cuts out a decent yeah. number of lineups every week or, you know, we all get stuck with DNPs, So that's a problem. But like literally the number of lineups that had five guys that played is much smaller. And so the, you know, there's just, and the, the shocking numbers that I've seen are the number of lineups with five starters and for like all-star rare, it's like a quarter. Like 75% of the lineups in all-star rare don't have five starters, which is just like astonishing to me. But it's what we're seeing. Anyway, that'll be out. They, they, seem, they seem very concerned with the supply. You know, I get it. But there are all these that they don't reward that can be part of the supply. So... It is really funny Everything to see that everybody's already said, right? You're right. It is funny to see they're they're like we're obviously constrained by supply, and then they're like, "Oh, new season cards are out," and we're like, "Oh, well, you have these thousand guys who only got to eighty-one of a hundred. <laughs> what happened?" Yeah, I don't know. Like it almost seems like they like they're very particular about like of the supply, how much they're gonna, how many they're gonna sell, and how many they're gonna reward. But like if they get to the end and they haven't rewarded, like shouldn't they just sell them? Or vice versa? No. No, you just think they just don't get there. Yeah. I don't know. Being part of a game previously uh, that had issues with controlling their supply and not basing it, or maybe whether they should or shouldn't, I don't know, basing it on the, the amount of growth the game was actually having and mm -hmm. just like spewing out rewards or supply. Um, I am like really uh, happy to see the way they put constraints around their supply and and uh it is nice to see the them being pretty conservative with it but even if they not, I mean, not to say i don't want to see more rewards like we should still see that but, but it, it, i'm just saying it's nice that they 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 care about restricting sure. supply yeah, yeah i just mean like it's not like they're gonna say oh this sorry we're actually gonna do 150 this year like we know that what the max number is but you're still yeah. okay with 80, 85 of 100 getting done. Hmm. All right. Maybe we can argue about that at another time. <laughs> you think they should go to 100 on every card every year? I think they're too short. Like the number of people who get, the number of cards that get to 100, I think is not good. I think they need to get more. They're like yeah. we're all complaining about rewards. I still think it's too hard for them to forecast. Like what if they run out? What if they run out of cards and, and they don't have rewards ready or they don't have, like, I think that, I think people think that that's like a, a number that's easy to like calculate and come up with, but games get canceled yeah. or, you know, stuff happens. And then the season gets moved. The start of the season gets moved and COVID has made all of this so much more difficult. And I don't think that it's like a, I don't think that you can come up with a formula that, that solves this. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, maybe I just think like at the end, like in MLS, when new season cards are coming, they know when they're releasing, like they know when they're releasing, we don't, but then, you know, maybe, <laughs> well, I mean, at some point they know, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, if you just delay it a week and you're like, okay, special weekly, we're giving out all of these MLS cards. Cause this is what we have left over. Does that make people happy? For a week. I don't know. You, just for you're gonna, a week, you're gonna you're gonna crash the price of all the cards right before you release the new ones. <sighs> that's that's fair. 
I mean, Pap said he's going to yeah. look at how many 100 of uh, 100 out of 100s there are. I'll bet it's pretty low. It's not that many yet. I mean, the first few years, I think there was literally like one or two guys. I think Bodar, Bodar, and yeah, Mignolet might have had a 100. Uh, J- Jonathan David seems like the car- a card that would ha- would have had 100, but I could be wrong. Yeah, they're yeah. I think they got a hundred on a couple of those guys. They auction sided uh, with, with golden auctions. Or oh whatever yeah, that was yeah. yeah. Well, but actually, it was weird. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they minted the hundred of a hundred, but they didn't get to a hundred cards. Oh, lovely. That's a air card, right? <laughs> yeah, that's out, out of order. Yeah, yep. that's a that's another topic for another day. Actually, so uh, um, I had another question for you guys, and I'm drawing a blank right now hmm. i'll think of it oh i was just about to wrap up so you better think oh. quickly you know you can go ahead gotta get back to work <laughs> um yeah so uh unless anybody has any uh, other questions in the chat um we're gonna let uh dylan get back to work sorry dylan that you have to do that now um no, that's all right. but yeah uh dylan thank you very much for coming on uh, i think you gave us kind of the perspective we were looking for that andy and i um, don't have and people would get angry at us for trying to uh, make it up so uh yeah thank you for coming on yeah thanks for having me it was fun yeah and uh so yeah this was uh the latest episode of the sower andrews podcast brought to you by rotowire and sponsored by sower we'll be back next week uh we have been debating this like 2021 review podcast but hey if anybody <laughs> As a better topic, we'd be we'd happy to discuss it. So uh, feel free to hit us up. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew M. Laird. You can find Andy at ablack86, also available in the Sawyer Discord as Andrew M. Laird and Black. So Dylan, thank you again. And Andy, I'll talk to you next week. See you. See you. Thanks, guys. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.